You are Locked On Pirates, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Pirates, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Locked On Pirates, your daily Pirates podcast of choice. My name is Jason Rolison, and in addition to this podcast, you can find me on the pages of PiratesBreakdown.com, where my team and I strive to provide quality Pirates insight and analysis. And here we are on March 20th as I tape this, and we are just eight days, we'll say eight days, away from real meaningful baseball, that being opening day in Detroit as the Pirates will take on the Tigers. Uh, we saw a couple more rounds of cuts since last we had a show where I was on the uh, podcast anyway. I hope you enjoyed Alex and Jared in our last episode. Um, we're going to go over those briefly, and we're also going to talk about what we think are the most exciting storylines for the 2018 Pirates season and what you think are the most exciting things to watch. Before we do that, though, let's talk about a couple things just a little bit of a house cleaning. If you didn't know, myself and some co-authors, some from thepointofpittsburgh.com, some from 93.7 The Fan, and some from rumbunter.com, got together and wrote a book. It's called Pirate's Guy 2018. It is a 280-page season preview tome for you guys to get ready for the, for the uh, upcoming season. Uh, it's full of analysis, opinion, commentary, uh, a foreword from Chris Mack, uh, 93.7 The Fan's pre- and post-game Pirates host as well as material from Josh Taylor, who hosts Bucko Talk on the same radio station every single weekend during the season. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. Right now you can get it on ebook or in paperback at Amazon.com. Just go there and search for Pirate's Guide. And right now I believe the paperback is about 40% off, so you can get that for just 6 bucks. So again, Pirate's Guide 18, ebook and paperback, available on Amazon.com. Okay, so let's start off with talking about the recent reassignments. Um, just today the Pirates optioned Left fielder Christopher Bostic, second baseman Max Moroff, and right-handed pitcher Nick Kingham to the Indianapolis Indians. So let's talk about that trio first. Um, obviously, Bostic was never going to be on the team's opening day 25-man. Uh, he filled in admirably last year on short notice when he had to come up to the big club and kind of give a little depth. Um, but he is not in this team's future plans. So, you know, at the very least, you want to have him in AAA and really soak up some at-bats and you know, maybe he'll be a midseason depth option if they if they need outfield help. The one that surprised me a little bit was Max Moroff. Now, we've seen Jose Azuna really come into his own this spring training. Um, you can make the argument that it doesn't really matter. You know, a player st- is still who he is, and Neil Huntington and his evaluators will decide if they're ready for, you know, to start the season on the opening day roster. But it has to mean something to see Azuna really swing in such a good bat. His defense is capable at first base. Uh, it's a project at third base, and he is a capable outfielder as well. Uh, definitely better at first base, though, and that kind of presents a problem with fitting him into the lineup because obviously you have Josh Bell entrenched there. You have David Freeze there as well, who put in together, I think, about some semblance of innings last year. Not many, but it was enough to kind of see that he could handle it at first base. So the point I'm making is if you're going to include Freeze on this team's 25-man roster – and that debate is a debate for another day that we're going to get into. I promise you that. You kind of have to give him some reps at first base to kind of get your value out of him. Third base is going to be given to Colin Moran to either you know fly or fail with. And Freeze will get his reps there, of course. Um, perhaps a, a natural platoon with Moran if, if Moran seems, to be able, seems not to be able to hit left-handed pitching very well. But so with Freeze, that kind of makes Osuna kind of a – Redundant, redundant player, especially when Sean Rodriguez is going to handle some outfield bench reps as per Clint Hurdle, namely in center field. So 
you kind of wonder where Asuna can be fit in, and that's kind of a kind of a bummer because you always want to ride the hot hand. Um, we saw that kind of blow up in the Pirates' faces with Juan Nicasio in 2016, but as far as position players with this team being so bad on offense last year, uh, statistically as on the whole, although they had some bright spots, you kind of want to take a hot bat into the beginning of the season and see if you can maintain it and kind of take that next step to becoming a uh, something close to an everyday big leaguer. But it's also a function of keeping Max Moroff down as well, which might not necessarily be the best idea. Uh, look, Moroff is starting to come into his own as a bat. Defensively, I think he's solid at second base. Um, you know, I would call him pretty much one of the most versatile players in the team besides, you know, maybe Adam Frazier, Sean Rodriguez, and, and pre-second base Josh Harrison. Um, so you kind of wonder... If Moroff goes down to Indy, is he going to impact the development of guys like Kevin Kramer, who showed very well in spring training this year and very well at Double A Altoona last year, and um, Kevin Newman for that matter? Now, Newman not so much, but Kramer might definitely be affected by Moroff's presence in Indianapolis. You would hope that there's enough at bats to go around, and Moroff is going to be right back up if an injury occurs. So it may not be it may be a moot point. Um, but Moroff finished the year last year in September hitting 255 with a home run and 8 RBI. So he finished strong, and that kind of should be rewarded, you would think, if there was a spot for him. Now, you know, again, we're talking about Moroff in a battle with, or wasn't a battle with Osuna and Bryce Brents, who was out of options. So it's kind of unfortunate that Moroff got squeezed out there. Definitely could have brought something to the club defensively and, you know, perhaps offensively. So. He's going to be the first guy up for an infield depth. I guarantee that. And we'll talk about Nick Kingham a little bit. Nick Kingham struggled a little bit in spring. You know, didn't show as well as many might have hoped. Those who think that he was, you know, one of the first depth options up at starting pitching. Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think Stephen Brawl would, of course, slide into the rotation as the very first option, and then Tyler Glass now, assuming he's going to start the year in the bullpen. So for Kingham, you know, this spring was kind of a learning experience. I believe it was his first. Uh, spring fully removed from the surgeries he's had. I could be wrong about that, but it was the first spring where he's had enough distance between him and the uh, the injuries and the surgeries he's had to kind of really attack it. Prior to that round of cuts, we saw the Pirates option Austin Meadows to Indy. No surprise, he swung a great bat, but it's just you have to you have at this point you have to get him regular at bats at Indianapolis. Jack Leatherstitch and Clay Holmes. Were also assigned, and Leathersitch just flat out lost his spot. He had an audition with the Pirates last year. Showed pretty well, in my opinion. Has that strikeout ability. But Josh Smoker, once he was signed, you knew that both of these guys were not going to make the 25-man roster. And Smoker just flat out outperformed Leathersitch this spring. So that's that. And as far as Clay Holmes, he, again, is probably right in that group with Brault, Kingham. I put him right behind Kingham as far as depth goes. Good spring for him. Showed that he can get major league, major league batters out. Great stepping stone, not a spot for him. Maybe something different happens next year. So that's the uh, pretty much the gist of the spring training cuts and reassignments, the notable names anyway, that um, happened since the last time we spoke. So now, before we go any further, I want to tell you about advertising on this very podcast. You know, Locked On Pirates, as I mentioned, is a daily podcast. Will be daily once the season starts. Concentrating on the Pittsburgh Pirates. So any business located in Pittsburgh or uh, markets to sports fans or anyone in general would get great ROI by just advertising with us. You're going to get into so many ears, uh, all those opportunities for a call to action to 
translate into actual business for your business. So if you're interested, our rates are pretty low, uh, and I'll be happy to get the starter for you. Just email me at lockedonpirates at gmail.com, and I will set that up. So moving on, what we'd like to talk about right now is what's got you the most excited about the 2018 Pirates? I put out a poll on Twitter at PBC Breakdown, just asking, you know, which of these potential storylines has you the most excited? Choices are power potential in the lineup, uh, Marte and Polanco bouncing back, the new look bullpen, or something else. Um, so just to give you an idea of where the poll is at, right now 62% think the power potential in the lineup is the most exciting. 29% think number 6, number 25, path to bouncing back is, is something to watch. 6% like the new look bullpen, and 3% say other. I want to start with the others because we had a response in there. I won't name him. But someone said other. They will lose 100 games, LOL. Let's get one thing right. There is absolutely nothing that can happen to cause this team to lose 100 games. It's almost as hard to lose 100 games as it is to win 95 or 100 games. This team would have to be epically bad to lose 100 games, and that's not going to happen with the talent the club has. Hate to break it to you, but it's just not going to happen. Anyway, so let's talk about the other choices. Um, the power potential is the one I'm most excited about. That would get my vote if I didn't abstain, of course. So we've seen what Josh Bell can do. He's got 24 home runs last year. Uh, I'm going to double-check that number, but he's certainly coming to himself, coming to his own as a power threat. He's going to have the consistent you know, 20 to 25 home run power for his entire career, I think. And he could take another step forward. He could end up with 30. Um, and that's exciting. You also got Colin Moran and Gregory Polanco on the left-handed side of the plate using PNC's uh, short porch. And by the way, I was wrong. Josh Bell had 26 home runs. My bad. Um, which, you know, PNC Park is historically pretty bad for home run hitters, but left field is a little more friendly than the cavernous left field to center field. So that could play. And, of course, you have Colin Moran, again, from the left side, who can do some damage. Uh, already has embraced launch angles, can really put it in the air. And then you've got the other guys. You've got David Freeze can chip in five. Josh Harrison can, is a pretty much a lock for 10. Um, you know, Jordy Mercer can pop for 10 or 15 is his ceiling. Cervelli is not going to have much, but then you also have Adam Frazier. Jose Asuna will be heard from this year. So there's a, a good chance, and I would be very surprised, if the Pirates did not eclipse the 151 home run mark that they set last year. And someone I didn't even mention was starting Marte, who could come back and, you know, it's funny with Marte, you don't quite know where his full power potential lies and what you're going to get from him in terms of power, seemingly year to year. His career his career high was 19 in 2015, over 633 plate appearances. In his all-star season 2016, he only hit nine. So obviously his value is not necessarily tied to the home run, but I think it's pretty much a safe bet that with a full season you can probably see uh, 13 to 15 from him minimum with the talent around him. you got to remember back in 2016, he was hitting around uh, Andrew, behind Andrew McCutcheon, who kind of had a, a very bad year. So that changed how you know teams pitched to Marte. So I think having Josh Bell around him, uh, having these other quality hitters around him, you know Marte may even bat third and get a lot of chances. So I think 13 to 15 home runs is is very reasonable. And you have Dickerson, of course, who has a power stroke. So this team all of a sudden can be very powerful. And we see that they've led uh, spring training in home runs this year at 38 as of this recording. So that's exciting. And as far as Marte and Polanco bounce back, what if they do? What if they bounce back to the players that they've shown that they are? 
Um, for Marte, I think he has an easier path to get there than Polanco. Polanco will, of course, also have to stay healthy. But I think that if those two can get back to form, suddenly you're probably going to look at 7-F war between them, which is very excellent. I think that's the Pirates will take that every day of the week. Um, so that's, to me, pretty exciting. But the bullpen's not far behind. Um, we heard today, or it might have been yesterday, that Clint Hurdle is pretty much going to stay status quo with his bullpen. He did mention that Michael Feliz could be the kind of a, a rover, but most likely in the seventh inning option. Uh, Contos has told reporters that he is going to be the eighth inning guy, and of course, Felipe Rivera in the ninth. That's a little disappointing. I would have liked to see uh, Clint Hurdle, if nothing else, just be a little more flexible with the guys not named Rivero. And the season is not even started yet. This may change. Um, the Pirates this year definitely have the horses to do it, provided Kevin Segrist can really put it back together and get on this team. It's kind of shell-shocked today, I believe. Um, but with Segrist, with Smoker, with Glasnow and Brault, and Crick, of course, I think there's definitely options for Clint Hurdle to use, and he could get a little creative. And I think that's the best of both worlds and should be explored. Keep your guy in the ninth inning because you love the closer role, but experiment besides that. You know, play the matchups in the eighth and the seventh. This isn't 2013 anymore, and you don't have Gurley, Melanson, and Watson, or 2015 where you have Melanson, Watson, and Soria. So I think some flexibility there from Hurdle would be very useful. And I've purposely left out the rotation in this poll just because I think that's the most the most known of any commodity on the team. You've got Tyon, who's going to have a great year, I believe. You have Nova, who's stable. Williams and Cool can really step into their own this year. Um, small plug, please visit PiratesBreakdown.com today at noon. We've got a great piece coming up on Chad Cool and kind of reaffirming some of those people who have – Lost faith in him as a starting pitcher, so we kind of debunked that a little bit. And then it'll come down to Musgrove and, you know, perhaps Glass now, perhaps Brault at the number five. That's a pretty, you know, there's so many, there's so little questions with that rotation that you know, it's not necessarily the most exciting to watch, but it's going to be exciting when they start to perform and, and maybe turn some heads. So that's going to do it for this week's Locked On, the today's Locked On Pirates. Um, please visit us at LockedOnPirates.com. Follow me at PBC Breakdown and follow the show at Locked On Pirates. If you like our show, the very best thing you can do for us is subscribe in iTunes and please rate and review us there and tell a friend. That's always the best way to, to get our listenership up. We really appreciate it. So thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.